Morning, morning everyone, morning, morning. Uh, welcome again to Love Church. And for those of us who, who were here last Sunday, uh, I talked about our story and the, the story of God and uh, how it's found in the story of Jesus. We talked about how to, how to become part of this, how to be part of God's story. And we also talked about the, the backstory of, of this church and how um, part, what's found in the ministry of Jesus is this uh, ministry to, to people, a compassionate ministry. Uh, and so our backstory is a church that we want to be as compassionate as we can. And we then reflected on us. And the thing that we're realising is that God never, he never consults our past to then determine our future. He never looks back at what you've done to determine what, what you're going to do in the future. He looks at you as, as his masterpiece of creation. And we, we said some other challenging words last week, which some of us might have agreed with or disagreed with, but it's, but it's really, really true. And I talked about that God is in this recreation business. And for many of us, it's one of discovering uh, how good God is, and for some of us, we've been, we've been recreated, at things happen, and we turn things around. And for others of us, it's been this longer process of, of recreation. Um, but for all of us that have made this uh, decision to follow Jesus, it was all about this word. We talked about lots of rewords last week. We talked about recreation, um, revive, and we talked about repentance. And we, I wanted to just quickly illustrate it as quick as I can. Um, I need a volunteer, uh, Andy, if you're closer. <laughs> uh, so we, talk, we talked about how recreation is, you're heading one way, and for many of us, if we're heading, heading one way, we don't notice the difference straight away. We only notice the difference further down, further down the line. Making a slight adjustment to your life, any decision or any kind of discipline, you might not notice straight away, but long term you'll notice, notice a big, big change. What repentance means is you're heading that way, and you're making an about turn, and you're heading towards Jesus. <laughs> you're heading towards Jesus. And, uh, and for many of us, we've made that decision to, actually, I was headed away from God. I was, you know, these old-fashioned words of repentance and sin and forgiveness, it's just a choice of the heart where we said, I've been headed that way, but I'm heading towards Jesus. I might not feel close to Jesus, but I'm heading towards him. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay. So we talked about, we talked about this word repentance. Oh, my notes. Oh, And... Uh, we talked about our, the particular emphasis about our church to, uh, as a church, we're going to be as compassionate as we can. So we felt called up, God, we felt God call us to lean towards being a compassionate church. And, um, and so we thought it'd be good for you, to, for, it'd be good for, for us all to hear, we've, we talked last week about a compassionate church um, as one area of leaning. And we're going to talk today about another strong area of leaning that both Viv and I have, have got. And we felt uh, God call us to have this leaning towards. I don't know if anyone's done any, um, any, any kind of activities or... What's the... Where we did the... On the segway. Segway. I don't know if anyone's done any segway. Yeah. Anyone done any segway? And you have to push. You have to push 
You have to lean a certain way in order for the segue to move. And so we felt God call us to lean a certain way towards compassion. And that's what we're going to be doing. And the other area that we're going to be leaning, leaning into is this whole area of healing and the supernatural and how God has led us in, into this. So we thought it might be helpful just to hear a bit of our backstory, uh, what's led us to this point, and I guess to get a flavour of, of, of what God's done in our life. So for me, I was brought up in a Christian family. They really loved me, and they really loved Jesus. But we were in a really small brethren-type church, and in fact, I think the five of us, including my mum and dad, were the five youngest there. And so my perception of Christianity was, to be honest, slightly boring, slightly rules-based, and uh, it didn't particularly excite me, if I'm, if I'm honest. I used to think, I, I, I think I believed in Jesus. I always believed in Jesus. He was always real. But I thought he was a bit of a spoil sport, if I'm honest. And I, I had this kind of thought that I didn't really want to give over my life to Jesus to be in charge of, but maybe I'd do it, like maybe I'd get hit by a bus or something and I'd have a split second to say to, 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 say to Jesus, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry, he'd forgive me and I'd go to heaven. That was my kind of plan. And uh, I didn't, yeah, I, did, I just didn't really want to <coughs> give him the reins. But in my teenagers, I began to meet other Christians that were just a bit more fun, and they saw miracles, and this kind of slightly confused me. Um, I remember going on some youth camp, and there was a family friend of ours that used to, he was a farmer, but he used to pray for broken down cars to start, and broken down tractors to start, and he used to pray for the, the weather to stop raining, and, and, he used to, and he used to work. And I just remember being really intrigued by that. And I think at the same time, I, I was prayed for and just experienced the Holy Spirit in my life for the first time. And I thought, actually, this is something. This is something that's worth giving my life for. And so I did, at that point, invite Jesus to almost like take the reins. And I kind of gave up my right to, to say what I wanted to do, really. But I'd seen, I'd heard lots of stories about people being healed. I'd seen, I'd heard of miracles, but I hadn't really seen any firsthand. And actually, the thought of praying for people myself pretty much scared me, terrified me. And and so my story this week, Bruce, uh, Bruce on the base, he he sent me a text, and he said, "I I just realised we don't have any South Africans at, yeah. our, at our church." And uh, I didn't know whether he was happy about that or whether he thought we weren't a proper London church without any South Africans. And so I had, it's true. So I had to burst his bubble and say, I, I was actually born in Johannesburg in South Africa. My mum and I moved. Don't mention the rugby. Um, uh, and so my mum and I, we moved to Tutin when I was about four. And I spent most of my childhood in this area, in Tutinbound, went to school in in Tutin, went to secondary school in Ballam. And my mum, uh, some of you have met her, my mum was 16 when she had me. And, uh, and so I didn't realise what, what an amazing job she did until I became a parent. And raising, Abby and Sam here, raising, raising children is, is hard work. It's fantastic, but 
it's only now that I realise my mum was a single mum and how did she do that? How did she do that on, on her own? It, it's amazing. So, um, tip of the hat for all of those single, single parents out there. Um, you're doing the best job that you can. And I can imagine all the kind of the sacrifices. Um, for some of the single parents, they're feeling isolated. They're feeling like they're sacrificing their time, their energy and their money. And uh, so I didn't have a... I never had a relationship with my dad. I probably met him, in my memory, I've met him sort of less than a handful of times. And growing up, this was hard. This was, I, I found it quite hard because he had a family, he had another son, and I spent most of, I spent, I spent far too long concluding that something was wrong, something must have been wrong with me. Um, something was, was wrong with me. And so as a teenager, I went, can I, can I say slightly off the rails? Can I say that in a, in a kind of polite way? Um, which I might tell you about one day. Uh, and most of like, and most, like most of my friends got arrested for ver and various things, for various kind of mishaps, um, <laughs> misdemeanors, slight mishaps. And so when I was about 13, uh, just shortly after my mum met my stepdad, Peter, uh, and then got married, I think subconsciously I felt as though no one wanted me. Like, no, like my mum, no one wanted me. And so my mum and my, my stepdad went through quite a tough, quite a tough couple of years uh, with me. And, and I probably pushed them too far, like way, way too far. And I remember one weekend uh, after them picking me up from a police station, um, uh, and it felt like this was the, this, it felt like they'd had, a, they'd had enough, I like, kind of pushed them too far. Now, I'd always believed in God, I didn't, I'd never really thought much about God, I thought, God was it for Europe, Muhammad was for Asia, I didn't really know about America. I, I, I didn't have this thinking or thought about what God was like, let alone that he could have a relationship with us, let alone that I could be connected to him, let alone that he could forgive me or all the things that I've done wrong. And so I remember that, that weekend after I, I'd got arrested again, uh, just going to work and walking through the woods and it was raining really, really hard and I was it was the first time I, I hadn't cried for years and years and years. And I remember crying at that. And I just, I remember crying out to God saying, I want to change. God, change me. I, want, I, I don't want to do this again. I need to change. Something's got to, something's got to shift. And so during that time, I got to know my next door neighbour. And we began speaking about faith. And he told me about his church youth group. And so he invited me. He invited me along to church. And I went along. And uh, because there were loads of girls, I then went back the next week. And uh, <laughs> regularly. Um, but then over, over time, it began just making more and more sense. But it was only... And I remember, making a, I remember making this decision. I remember saying, God, I'm heading this way. I'm going to, I don't know everything, I've got, still got loads of questions, but I'm going to make this change and turn towards you. But it, it really made, it, it began to make sense, and I went on a, 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 a camp, a Christian camp called Faith, Faith Camp, uh, over, over one summer, and I was, I was, it was, I was, it was a powerful experience. I, I felt like I was powerfully converted, and all kinds of things happened. Felt, I felt like being recreated. And there's more to say, but during that week, we saw, I saw people come out of wheelchairs. 
um, we, I, I, I kind of, I was this new 16-year-old Christian, and they said, right, any, anyone in a wheelchair, get people to lay, and there's a lady in front of me, we, there was a crowd of us, we put our hands on her, and she stood up and started walking, and so as a 16-year-old, that was amazing, but a bit freaky, a bit kind of weird, never seen anything like that. But from that moment, I began looking and seeing the scriptures about where Jesus healed and that the normal Christian life is one where we can see, as normal believers, we can see those things that are in the Bible today. And, um, and so I've learned to take risks and faith risks and seen amazing miracles, healings, people being sort of recreated there on the spot, people being cut, converted to, to Jesus. Uh, and most of what I've been learning is about us stepping outside our comfort zone. So we were, we, we've been married for 19 and a half years. We've lived in Ballam for all that time. And we were part of a church, a new church in Ballam 20 years ago. And uh, we, after about five years of that, it, it's another story for another time, but it kind of went a bit pear-shaped. Everyone left London. And we found ourselves about 12 years ago at South West London Vineyard, just uh, down the road in Southfields. And as time went on, I think um, a number of sort of personal issues started to bombard us. And to be honest, we started to really struggle in our own marriage. And we began to argue a lot. And to, and to be brutally honest with you, we really nearly didn't make it. Um, but a combination of counselling, support from friends, and, a, and just a huge miracle of God, where he he kind of completely changed and transformed our hearts. And it, it meant that probably the darkest time of our life, it was, you know, for a couple of years, it was very dark, it was very painful. Um, but Jesus completely turned us around, completely turned us around, so much so that we're in a better place, not only with, with God, but also with each other as well. Um, and, and I think that, the fact that Jesus... Like completely changed our, our lives. We, we wouldn't be here today. You guys wouldn't be here today were it not for the fact that Jesus changed our hearts and changed our lives. And I think as a result, it, it's almost like, you know, Jesus has done that for us. We have to just give him everything. We have to give him everything. And it's like, you know, when you pay poker and you, you kind of go all in, you kind of push all your chips on the table and I think that was the turning point in our lives where we thought, we can't just live this comfortable Christianity anymore. If this is really real, if Jesus has done this for us, we have to see this um, in the lives of our friends and family around us. And, and I know that once, once Jesus does things once, he can do it again. And so we believe that because he's transformed our lives dramatically, we know he can do that for you guys as well. And he, he wants to do that for the people at Balaam and beyond as well. And, and so during this time, we were, we were in trouble, and a friend of mine came to me, and he felt God give him a sense, or he felt God give him some guidance, and he said to me, God, God's, he said, I think God's spoken to me, uh, and God's told me you're in his way. You're, he, he wants to fight for your marriage more than you, but actually, you're in, you're in God's way, and um, you need to just step. You need to step aside and um, let him, let God, sort of save save the marriage. And so I, I remember. And and so he said to me, "You just need to love 
loves it. Just love her. Don't try and force things. Don't try and argue. But just love. You know, love, love Jesus. Lo- love Viv and Jesus. Um, <laughs> and then I, rem- I remember Viv suddenly noticing uh, a change in me. She suddenly noticed that I'd, I'd changed a bit. I wasn't so wanting to like to argue and, and be in a way. She just, I, I just began to love her. Uh, and God, and God saved the marriage. It was kind of the darkest, sort of darkest couple of years. And but we, I know that God, only God, sort of saved saved our marriage. And we, and so with that in mind, I we've been learning these last sort of six years. You know, we saw the hands that we've been dealt with six, seven years ago, and thought that we haven't got much here, but we're going all in. We, there's nothing really much we, we can do now, but we're just going all in. All the things that we'd seen in the past, we just thought, God, because you've saved our marriage, we want to, almost as a, as a way of thanking you, we just want to just go all out for you. And, uh, and he, he, he really has. And we've, we've been through lots of counselling uh, years ago, and, uh, but, but now we've, we've begun to see more of God in our lives and because we've just said to God yes you we're, we're available to you to use us we've seen lots and lots of healings and lots and lots of miracles uh, and not and like awkward why we talked last week about awkward and awesome and um, but ordinary Christians doing extraordinary things uh, and God wants to use use us in that way so on I remember a number of years ago that I was just outside my house I was walking home and there was a, a, a skip, just our neighbours were renovating the house. And it was really weird. There was a lady, a, a sort of middle-aged lady, in the skip, sort of rummaging through. It was really weird. It was, it was just not your ordinary scene. Of, and so I kind of walked up, hello, how are you? Is everything okay? Um, and she said, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I... I want, I'm restoring some furniture and I've just been looking for some, for some wood and some pallets. Okay, this, it looks a bit weird, but, but I'll, I'll go with that. And so I, I kept asking her questions just to see whether, what, what she was up to, what, what was going on. And then uh, as I've begun to, to talk to her, I'm also praying, I'm also asking God, well, you know, what do you, is there anything that you want to say to this lady? And I felt, I felt, I had this sense, I had this kind of thought in my head, and that her left knee, she damaged her left knee, and her left knee was in pain. And again, it's slightly awkward. How do you say to someone, hi, you've got a problem with your left knee? So I, I just simply said, well, I'm a Christian, and we talked about Christi- the faith, Christian faith a bit, and I said, you know, part of being a Christian is that we, we've got this connection, this relationship with God. And I feel like, I think, I, I've been praying, and I think God's Said that, is that, do you have any problems with your left knee? And she said, yes. Like how? She was really, she was a little bit freaked out. How did you know that? So I kind of repeat to myself, you know, I'm a Christian and this is normal. But I said, could I pray for you? Because we've seen lots and lots of people healed and touched by God. And so we prayed for her. I got her to come out of the skip. <laughs> so, that was weird. Um, so we, we, we just simply prayed and, uh, and God healed her, her knee right there and then. And she lived in Brixton, and then she came uh, to our group a, couple, a, a few times before then setting the church in Brixton. And it was ama- really, really amazing. 
And we've seen lots and lots of things where ordinary, just everyday life, where God, God wants to break, break in. So I, I guess six years ago, we really started pursuing miracles and praying for people wherever we could. But to be honest for me, it doesn't come very naturally. It's, it's a choice that I've had to make. I don't think it's my natural personality, whereas it is probably more for Steve. Whereas I, so I have to kind of push myself in this a bit more. I do find it slightly awkward occasionally, and, and, it, and it's annoying sometimes as well. So I remember, I remember having a nice walk on Box Hill once with Steve, a bit of a date time, having a nice little walk. And uh, this lady starts walking towards us, and says, and Steve immediately, Hi, are you Michelle? And I'm there sort of rolling my eyes. <laughs> Please, can we just have a nice walk? But um, it turned out Michelle was her daughter. And it was awkward. I, it was awkward. But we ended up praying for her. There was, I think there was something... Um, her daughter had health issues, and so she was really wowed by the fact that God would pick her out and knew her and knew what was going on. And I have no idea what happened to her or her daughter. But I guess what I've seen, particularly in Steve, is he is he's obedient to when he hears Jesus speaking to him, and he just does it regardless of how weird it is. Um, so there's been lots of instances when I've been awkwarded out by Steve, um, but there are also times when I've stepped out and I've taken chances myself, and I think the more that I've done it, the more I've grown in it. And it's a bit like going to the gym. You don't, you don't, go, you don't rock up on the gym, at the gym and immediately start lifting 10K. Is that too much? Is that quite a lot? I don't know how much that is. Yeah. Um, you, you build up, don't you? You, build, you? you take a small weight, you build up, you build up, you build up. You don't get big muscles straight away. And I think it's like that with, with praying for people, with boldness and for healing and things like that. You have to start. Because it doesn't just suddenly come, but you have to start somewhere. I remember a, a little while ago, one of my friends who had teenage children was diagnosed out of the blue with breast cancer, and she was, she was just really scared. Um, there, was, there was a very, very high chance that it had already spread to her lymph nodes, which, as any of you know, really isn't good. And I'm pretty good at being empathetic with people, I'm good at offering practical help, but I'm not always good at being bold with my faith or for offering to pray for people. I think, I think sometimes I get scared that they might become weird or what would happen if my prayers aren't answered. But, th but this time I was bold. And I asked her if she'd like uh, Steve and me to pray for her. And she, she just jumped at it. And so one afternoon, the three of us, Steve, me and this lady, sat around our kitchen table and we prayed for healing and that God would be really close to her during that time. And she was so moved, and she just so appreciated that people would take time and that they cared enough for her. And I think that was, it just gave me a load of courage, because I thought people are so much more open than you think they are. They so love the fact that somebody cares enough that they offer to pray for them. And I, I think what happens is, is, as we get more courageous in this, the question starts to change. The question changes from what happens if my prayers aren't answered, what happens if they're not healed, to suddenly, what happens if they are? That's the question. What happens if they are? Like, how amazing is that? And I've, I've, no, I've no idea if our, if our friend, um, if it was our prayers, but it, it, the cancer hadn't spread to her lymph nodes. 
and she's made a full recovery. Now, I have no idea whether that was going to happen anyway, but I believe that Jesus healed her. Um, but we, have the, we just have this most incredible hope. We have hope that's going to set people free, that's going to heal people, and we have the chance of, of changing people. Um, we, we pray for lots of people with cancer, and uh, I, I, I really believe Jesus hates cancer. I, you know, it's, it's so evil. And um, we felt this morning there might be people here, either that are facing it themselves or that have loved ones or friends, um, and we would love to pray for you right now. Um, we've seen cancer healed. We don't see it all the time, but we're going for, for Balaam and beyond to be cancer-free. And if you, if you have anybody that you know that has cancer right now, I just wonder whether you'd stand. You take, a, take a step of risk, take a step of faith. And maybe just people around you guys, um, maybe say who it is. And then just let's pray with faith that they are healed of cancer. Okay. So yeah, let, let's stand up. Let's just gather around with the guys there. as we're praying, we just say that God uses unlikely people to do impossible tasks. And God has called you, all, us ordinary people, to, to be his presence in the world. And for all of us now, just receive, as we receive God's presence, he calls, he calls, the, he calls you qualified. You might look at and think you're unqualified, but he says that you calls those and he qualifies them, those that are called. So just continue to receive. Continue to receive. 
while, while we're praying, we're, we, we're just going to transition into uh, offering to pray for other people here who have specific, specific, uh, specific needs, specific, specific pain. We'll learn, we just learn. When I, when I talk to people, I say, I'm just a, a, a Christian, I'm learning how to hear from God. <coughs> and that's the same with all of us. And we're gonna, not, not going to get it right every time, but we're just trying try to learn from God. If you have got any pain, you have any pain in your body, stand. If you've got any pain in your body, just do, do me a favour and stand. If you've got left any ear pain, it's like battleships. <laughs> right ear. Any right ear pain? Was it right, was it right ear? Yeah. It was right ear. Okay, right. Was it right ear pain? Anyone else got any pain in their body that they want to pray for? Friends, friends that you want prayer for, please, please stand. Okay. So we're going to just carry on worshiping, and um, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come upon you. So let's pray. Release your presence now, Holy Spirit. Release your presence. And for those of you who stand, just keep standing, and we're. People are just going to come around. So if you're around people, just just pray for them. Just release the Holy Spirit over them as we as we. Stand. 